if we are wanting our kids to grow up into intuitive eaters, we need to show that to them in the way that we're eating, in the way that we're talking about food, in the way that we are talking about our bodies. We provide the structure of what they're eating, when they're eating, but we have to empower them to make the decision, like, are they going to eat right now? And how much are they going to eat? Instead of being like, no, you have to finish everything on your plate, I intentionally started asking them, is your belly full? And what this does is it helps them to connect with their bodies with that question and like actually think about that answer. Like, what does that feel like for my belly to be full? Hello, lassies and lads. Welcome to another episode of Coaching and a Cup of Tea with Mama Bear. We are here for the final episode, episode six of our intuitive eating season that we have done. I've absolutely loved it. I'm really excited for what we're going to talk about today because I am a mama bear. And if you are a mama bear raising kids, this episode is for you because we are talking about raising intuitive eaters. Imagine if we can have a next generation of kids who turn into adults who don't have to have all of the food and body issues that we have had. Like that makes my heart so happy. I just got chills thinking about it. And Victoria and I are just smiling at each other like, yes, this is what we want for our babies. So welcome, Victoria Yates. I'm so glad you're here. I can't believe you've done six episodes with me. (laughs) I know. It's been so fun. I'm going to miss hanging out with well, you. Well, we'll just hang out anyway and we'll just talk about all the things that we talk about anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love supporting your work. Your work is amazing and more people need to hear about your work. So we're going to be linking absolutely everything from her programs to her Instagram to all of the things that this lassie does because she is really changing the face of what is intuitive eating because she's really talking about what are the misconceptions and what are some of the things that can get us to this accepting place of loving our body loving food not stressing around food I mean we have hit like all the topics I feel like I'm just kind of proud of us <laughs> like that we've been able to do it in six episodes so yeah. today we are going to talk about raising intuitive eaters but if you are just coming on to the season please go back and listen to the five previous episodes We really debunk all of the misconceptions around health goals, around being an intuitive eater, what it means to accept and love your body. And it was just phenomenal. So there's so much gold there. So make sure you go back and listen. So yeah, raising intuitive eaters. What does that mean? Yeah, well, I think you you gave such a good intro there too, because I just dream of a world and a space where, yeah, kids are growing up and listening to their bodies and not going down the diet route that we all went on. And so I think that is my vision, honestly, with my work, so much of it, because a lot of, a lot of my clients are moms. And what I will say first off is, because I will get this question sometimes from people of like, well, how do we help our kids to be intuitive eaters. Mm. And what I will say to start is the best thing that you can do to help your kids be intuitive eaters is to do that work yourself first. Because I mean, I don't know about you, Melissa, but I have, I quickly learned that my kids are like little mirrors and they do exactly everything that I do. And they say exactly everything that I say. And so if we are wanting our kids to grow up into intuitive eaters, we need to show that to them 
in the way that we're eating and the way that we're talking about food and the way that we are talking about our bodies, because that's what they are going to learn. That's what they're going to pick up on. And that is going to instill in them that ability in the biggest way right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's like everything else, isn't it? I mean, you know, I teach this in Empowered Life, you know, when when parents or my clients are struggling with their kids, it's like, I hate to say it, but until we stop struggling with ourselves, mm-hmm. we're always going to struggle with our kids, right? Yeah. It's that, that work of doing our inner work at the same time as raising little kids. And yeah, we have to. And what are they seeing? And what are they seeing in terms of food that's around? I have made lots of parenting mistakes. And I have made lots of really good decisions for parenting. And I think one of them that I'm probably most proud of is really just talking about things with them even if I don't know all of the answers or what I'm trying to figure out even just saying things like let's eat the rainbow and maybe we don't want to have only mac and cheese on our plate because a balanced meal would have like maybe like something of a different color or something you know like and just sort of speaking it into their and their language And now, you know, my kids and I have a very jokey relationship. We're very fun with each other. And today, before the call, I took them for something to eat. And they know I'm very, I talk about health a lot. I I really do. But they said, I wonder if you can go a whole day without saying healthy. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't know. I guess I could try. And they were laughing, but it's, they're, they're taking it in, you know, they're understanding, you know, different things that are in different types of food and why we feel a certain way. Like, why does he feel tired after he just had chicken nuggets and French fries, you know, like versus maybe something else. And I think for me, the balance always comes between knowing their children and knowing that, Mm -hmm. you know, the, are going to eat probably maybe a little bit different than what they will as adults, right? Because we sort of start to figure some of that out. But also just giving them the knowledge, I think, is my role, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree. I like to think of it like as parents, we do have the responsibility to teach them, just like we're teaching them all the things of life as they're growing up. Like we have the responsibility to teach them about you know, eating and about health and kind of like what we just talked about in the last episode with taking that non-diety approach to health, I think is important. And so there's a way to talk about it with your kids in an empowering way versus like a shaming way. So just thinking about that, being aware of that. Mm -hmm. So I love the work of um, Ellen Satter. She is a dietitian who does a lot of Um, She's written a lot of books on like helping kids eat in an intuitive eating way. And I love she has this phrase in one of her books that I find so helpful, myself included. We all get that initial instinct to want to like try to control our kids and what they're eating. I don't know about you, Melissa, but like sometimes I'm like, no, don't eat that. Ah, you're going to feel like we want to, we want to take care of our kids. And sometimes that can come out as like trying to control what they're doing. And I think that has been. That has been my work and just like letting my kids learn some of these things on their own. But going back to, so Ellen Satter has this phrase of, 
you know, as parents, our job is to provide the what, what they're eating. Mm -hmm. Like we want to provide the things that we want them to eat in the house. And I do believe that, you know, along with that, along with helping our kids grow up and have a good relationship with food where they're not seeing foods as good or good or bad. You know, we, we also want to include some fun foods in there too. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to say like they can never have sugar, Mm -hmm. right? So we want to provide the what, what they're eating and then provide the when, when they're going to eat it. That's going to be the structure that, I mean, kids thrive with some structure. So we provide the what and the when the kids decide whether they're going to eat and how much they're going to eat. That's their job. Because each of us are born, we are born intuitive eaters. Like if you, I think we, you know, we already talked about this in a prior episode. Like if you look at a newborn baby right off the bat, like they are intuitive eaters. They tell you when they're hungry, they stop when they're full. And we each have that innate ability and our kids have that innate ability. So we just want to foster that in them. And by doing that, we can, you know, we provide the structure of what they're eating, when they're eating, but we have to empower them to make the decision, like, are they going to eat right now? And how much are they going to eat? Okay. And I have found like so often, like with my son, sometimes it's amazing. Like sometimes I remember this one morning, he literally had like three packets of oatmeal because he just kept asking for more, asking for more, asking for more. And I was like, okay, okay. Had like three packets of oatmeal for breakfast. But then of course, later that day, he was not as hungry. And I could trust that like he's going to find his own balance just by listening to his body. So I find that that's really helpful. Anytime that I'm feeling confused because, you know, kids are, kids are funny eaters sometimes. So, but we have to just go back to, they are the ones in their bodies. They're learning this skill of learning to listen to their bodies. And so another thing that I find really helpful is just like you were saying, Melissa, having lots of communication around it with them, asking them questions like, okay, well, how are you feeling right now? And helping them to tie that to maybe how they were eating. Yes. Yeah. And like bringing their attention to that because they don't maybe you know, even though they are intuitive eaters, you know, growing, you know, from the get go, they maybe don't have that awareness or may haven't made those connections. So we can help them make those connections of you just ate a lot of ice cream and now you have a tummy ache. This might be why. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I definitely do talk a lot about it and I do try to create a little bit of structure around when and how we eat in terms of times and location, mostly because otherwise what I've experienced is I have like cereal snackers. So we do have, and we talked about this in the last episode, that it doesn't mean you can't have like goals around the kind of things that you want to do with food. And so for me, this morning, just as an example, I know we're going to be out and about, you know, dropping off my son at tutoring and dropping off my daughter and doing different things. So, you know, they're all playing and my kids will just play 24-7 until they like drop dead. So unless I say, all right, guys, it's time to make yourself something to eat and we're going to have some breakfast because we're going to be on the go and again like it's sort of what you and I've talked about maybe they're not starving in that moment but I want them to be I want to talk about the fact that if you don't eat now how is that going to feel later and so this sort of happened the other day where 
three of my kids had breakfast and one did not. And then we went out for the day. And of course, this kid is just Hank Marvin, and he's just whatever. So I said, all right, let's just go to Publix and we'll go buy you a banana and a granola bar. But I need for you to be more responsible tomorrow morning because we have things we have to do and everybody else took responsibility to have breakfast. So like, there's just like a lot of communication around, it's fine if you don't finish your dinner, but in an hour, you don't get to sit and have a bag of Cheez-Its, yep. you know, or um, the, the kitchen in my house closes at 8.30. That means you don't get to be making other, your, your third dinner because they're boys and they just want to keep eating all the time at that time and part of that is I want to like be closing down the house sure, yeah. because you need help with you know how long do I microwave this or how do I you know whatever and so we talk about those things a lot but I love that idea that you talk about of really tying it back to like a feeling so that they can sort of you've talked about being intuitive eater that muscle idea of like you got to kind of build it up and so and I think for kids, just really getting to know, hey, I know now if I don't have breakfast, I'm probably going to be like grumpy. And mom told me, she gave me her chance. She took me to Publix and got me the banana and the granola bar. But tomorrow she says she's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think that as much as we can just help our kids have that mind-body connection, I think the better. As often as we can just like bring them back to checking in with their bodies – I mean, that's never going to be a disservice. Another way that we practice that is, you know, I don't know about you, Melissa, but like I grew up in a family where we had to finish what was on our plate. And I think a lot of people grew up like that, where it's like you're part of the clean plate club, right? Like they say, and you have to eat everything on your plate. And I knew, you know, going into parenting, I didn't want that for my kids. I wanted them to, because like when we're told we just have to eat everything on our plate, that's one way that, you know, one way that we dissociate from our bodies, right? Because we're using that plate as an indicator of when we're done versus like our physical fullness. Yeah. So something that we've started to do in our family is I ask my kids because they'll be eating and then they'll just like run off to the living room and just start try to yep. start playing or whatever. And, you know, we always try to like bring them back. And instead of being like, no, you have to finish everything on your plate. I intentionally started asking them, is your belly full? And what this does is it helps them to connect with their bodies with that question and like actually think about that answer. Like, what does that feel like for my belly to be full? So we've started to create some conversation around that. So now now they know you can get up when your belly's full, but we want to eat until our belly's full for all the reasons that you shared, Melissa. And like, as mm-hmm. they get older, you know, my kids are still really young, but as they get older, they're, they're going to better have that understanding too of, well, if I don't eat until my belly is full, then I'm going to be hungry in like 30 minutes. And, you know, that's not always practical. So that's something that we've started to instill with our kids is just, you know, like I said, just as much as we can connect them to their own bodies, I think the better. Yeah, my kids are now, my older kids are, you know, 11 and my twins are 10. And so now they're just over the last, I would say, six months you know we've started talking about like some of the things that are in the choices that we're making of the foods right so like again I was definitely raised by a mom who was very health conscious my mom did like health courses growing up we always were we always had supplements we always ate really good food (laughs) and I you know so I'm very lucky that I have like that 
that's in me, I feel like. Yeah. But we've just sort of started talking about, you know, how much sugar is in things. Again, not in a way to shame them, but like, let's just look and compare some yeah. of these choices that we might make because you know, ultimately within the next couple of years, they're going to be making those choices without me. I'm not going to be with them. They're going to be out with their friends or whatever. So we do things together where we'll be like, Siri, how many grams of sugar should the average American have? And they'll be like, oh, this amount or whatever. And then they'll look at the back of like a bottle of Gatorade and there's like 42 grams of sugar in one bottle of Gatorade. And so... Again, like the thing that I have loved learning from you is I can still have healthy, good choices for our family in an intuitive way, like not in a shameful way. Let's just use this like knowledge as power and like data and decide, do I want to spend the amount of sugar I'm going to have in a day on a drink? Or like maybe do I want to have something after dinner that would be like really yummy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's I think the the key here is how it feels, right? Is like does it feel empowering as I'm like sharing this with my kids? Am I sharing it in this empowering way? And this is why I really believe it's so important to do the inner work yourself along mm-hmm. with it because, you know, if it's if you've got this really shaming critical voice that's coming in and shaming you for ha- having any sugar, it's going to show up in how you're talking about it with your kids. And if we want them to grow up and not feel like sugar is this like horrible thing, have a good relationship with sugar, then we have to have to have that for ourselves too. I love it. What are some of the things that your clients like struggle with, with this intuitive eating, raising kids? What do you see with that? Well, I think the whole like with kids, because it's this separate entity, like they're this like separate person, I think that it can be just hard because I think so often we have, I mean, we have this these good intentions, but we want to just rush their own understanding of eating, or we have this idea of what we want them to eat or how we want them to eat. And they're like their own little human. <laughs> and so we can't control them. And I think that's the hardest thing. So, you know, really, again, I think it's like trusting them to be able to learn this skill just like you are. I think that can be the hardest thing because it's this other person outside of your control. So going back to, and this has been something I have had to like becoming a mom. I was really surprised about that too. Cause yeah, it's hard to have this other, other person in your life. And, you know, in a lot of ways, food and other things, it's like you, you want them, you see this path that you want them to take and it's just hard when they don't take it right away. And you see, you know, I think that's the, that is always the work in parenting and, And for sure, I think that's the work when it comes to food, you know, just trusting that, yeah, they are little humans that have the same skill to be able to learn to eat intuitively. And, and we can trust that and we can trust them to have that ability. And, you know, we can guide them. That's our job as parents to guide them. But we also can't control them. And it's like, it's hard sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that as they get older, for me, I really, I really think a lot about what type of relationship are they going to have with food? Yeah. And we talked about that in another episode. But what kind of relationship do I want them to have with food? Mm, Yeah. You know, I love that you are so open with your kids. 
that's something that I strive for myself. But I think like we can have that conversation too with them and, you know, talk about your relationship with food, talk about diet culture, you know, point out like unhelpful messages out in the world or, Mm -hmm. you know, shaming messages. We can point that out and show them. So, you know, alongside the truth. And, you know, I think that that could be a really powerful thing as well. But I mean, I think about my daughter all the time and Lord willing, she grows up and has a totally different experience and totally different relationship with food than I had. That's why, I mean, I I have said this already a lot, but I know that she already is on a different path because of the work that I've done. Mm -hmm. Because I grew up with, you know, the women in my life constantly on different diets, constantly talking negatively about themselves. And we just don't do that in our family. So I think she's, you know, she's already, both of my kids are already on that path and Lord willing, they'll stay there. Yeah. I love that. My kids go on um, in Publix, there's a scale when you come in the door and they go on the scale every single time. And I do not go on the scale every single time. I don't go on the scale, but they go on the scale. And it's so interesting. And it's just like another indicator. And it makes me laugh and smile at the same time. Because they have like competitions about who can be the heaviest. <laughs> That's so cute. And, that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're getting so strong. And he'll be like, I can't believe it. I'm 65 pounds. That's because I've been eating really good and playing really good. And just like the way they think and feel about it is just so, it is so different. And the same with Charlie, she'll jump on there and she's like, I'm getting so strong. And she'll like put her muscle up and show me. And for her, already five and a half and for the boys 10 and 11 it's all about like strength and feeling good and it's a high number is like great because it means I'm getting stronger you know it's just so cool when you do the work like to see Mm -hmm. it in real time and how it's impacting your kids it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah it really is and I think we can I mean I think we can learn a lot from our kids too if we were to just look at them and like look at how they eat it amazes me sometimes too how like we'll we'll have ice cream at home or uh, last night last night for example my kids had ice cream sandwiches because my, I was talking to my brother and he was talking about ice cream sandwiches and they were like we want ice cream sandwiches so we had ice cream sandwiches and my son had maybe like three quarters of it and then just was like I'm done and I'm like that's amazing right an ice cream sandwich which is this delicious yummy thing to them yeah and he got to that point where he was satisfied and no drama, no feeling like I've got to finish this because I'm never going to get it again. Yeah. And just stopped. It was really cool. So cool. So I think we can learn a lot from our kids. So interesting. Yeah. I mean, that happens when we go to restaurants. My kids are not eating it till the end. They're boxing it up and they're having it for leftovers, sometimes the next day for lunch. It's so cool. All right. Well, I love this episode. I was very excited to talk about raising intuitive eaters. And I think I just love how you talk about creating that feeling around it. How are they feeling around food? How do you want them to feel? What kind of relationship do you want them to have with food? Yeah. Yeah. That really is like the most important work. The most important work and also so sadly starts with us. <laughs> Yet again, another thing we have to work on, but we got it, Lassies. I am going to put everything on the show notes that is needed 
and I have just absolutely loved and will treasure this season forever. I feel like there's so much gold in it and I'm just really grateful for all of your time. Yeah, thank you, Melissa. I didn't even share it earlier, but when you were talking about it, I just got chills because I don't know, I've really enjoyed this time too. It's been really special. So thank you for bringing me into your world. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you, Laffy. All right, lassies and lads, I am not going to interrupt coaching and a cup of tea with Mama Bear for any reason other than this one, Brueda. That is correct. Brueda is the better way to brew loose leaf tea. Forget the toys and the trinkets that go along with brewing loose leaf tea. Brueda's patent approved filter lid is built in so you can filter while you sip. That's right. It's that easy. Just scoop in your tea, add hot water, and you're ready to go. With eight amazing flavors to try, you can maximize the benefits of loose leaf tea by allowing the leaves to fully expand. What? Releasing all their antioxidants and flavors for the most effective and efficient cup of tea. Yes, please. And right now, Breda is available for pre-order. This is very exciting, lasses and lads, okay? And today you can join the founder circle right now with my family and friends discount, Mama Bear 10. That's 10% off of your order. Listen. If you know someone that loves tea, if you are someone that loves tea, take advantage of this. All of the information is in the show notes. Brueda, it's the better way to brew. 